Hey, business building warrior, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I've got a guest who I'll bring on in just a moment. His name is Elijah. He's a student from our community who's studying the replens system that we teach around here so often. We've got hundreds of interviews with successful students who are following the proven Amazon course strategies to build beautiful businesses. And today we meet Elijah, who started off his first full month selling 10,000, second full month, 20,000. He's in the middle of his third full month and he's on pace to suit 30,000 this month, 10, 20, 30, seeing the pattern. And next month, he's expecting to do 50. That's pretty incredible. A great profit margins as he shares today, following the system that we teach around here, which is weighed in nice and slow. Don't take any big risks. Put money in the bank as you learn. It's not expensive. He shares today just a few hundred dollars in and his business was up and ramped up and starting to put money in the bank. Learning while he's earning, taking tiny risks, buying inventory a few units at a time, buying more as he needs it. He's going to talk about how he sources, what he sells, the whole show. This guy is an open book. He's never ran a business before and he's super excited about Amazon. I take that back. He's never run an e-commerce business before. He's tried several of the business models and none of them quite compared to what he's experiencing now. And I'll let him share from his heart just the huge difference this business is making in his life. Uh, so a very short introduction today. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoy this episode today, keep in mind, we've got hundreds of interviews with successful students from our courses, our coaching, our content. Hey, one little thing before I turn you over, over to this interview. If you go to silentgym.com slash book a call, squeeze all three words together, book a call. That allows you to book a call on our calendar. We'd love to have a talk with you about your business, your business plans, where you are now, now where you'd like to go. Over the past 20 years, we've helped 10,000 people on their e-commerce journey through our coaching program. We'd love to have a low pressure informational conversation with you. Just give us a call. Let's have a chat. You'll love the team that we're working with. My coaching director has been with me over 20 years. We do it the right way here. God bless you, business building warrior. Let's jump into today's interview. Enjoy. So Elijah, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great to have you on, my friend. Let's get into yeah. your story. You ready? Oh yeah, I'm ready. Uh, so pretty much my journey started not too long ago on Amazon. Only been in it a few months. About a three and a half months is when I first started. Uh, but Amazon entered my life about two years prior to that. So it's funny. It's actually through my wife, and she's uh, you know she's a recruiter for a living, so she's always connecting people. And she saw a post of one of her friends uh, on Facebook sent out a post and said, "Hey, my husband is looking for some helpers to you know pack some things at his warehouse." And you know, I didn't think anything of it. I, I work my my full time real estate job, and I get done in the evening around four or five p.m. And you know, I don't do much with my evenings. I kind of at that point in my life, I was sitting around and playing some video games, and you know, not really doing anything meaningful with my evenings. And so I figured, well, you know what, I'll go help out. They need a hand, and it sounded like they were really like short staffed with the demand that was at their warehouse, and come to find out when I go there, you know, they're packing groceries on groceries on groceries. They're pretty much a grocery wholesale, you know, that that does when I joined them and started helping them out, they did only FBA. Now they do a little bit of FBM and more, you know, branded bundles and things like that. So they're kind of diving into those waters. But 
they were doing about say about 10 million in revenue a year doing just groceries through FBA during like COVID and stuff. So they were crazy busy. They need the help. And I was, you know, I, I sit at a desk all day right here where I'm at right now and I punch on my keyboard. So it's kind of nice to get out, go gab with other people, you know, move my body a little bit. And uh, one thing led to another, I packed you know, groceries for them. And I would ask questions. I didn't even know it was for Amazon at first. And eventually a few weeks later, I found out it was, and I didn't really think anything of it. It didn't really hit me that like, Hey, what they're doing, you could maybe do if you ever wanted to, you know, I just kind of helped out and think anything of it. And fast forward about a year and a half, you know, kept helping them out whenever I could. Um, Some of my evenings are tied up with meeting new clients in the real estate business and whatnot. So whenever I had time, I would help out at the warehouse. But about a year and a half later, they switched their business model. And this was probably about five or six months ago now. They did a lot of more branded bundles and they, you know, slowed down on their inventory, but their margins were better. So they worked less, made about the same type of thing. So they didn't need evening help is what I'm getting at. Okay. And so my packing groceries came to a halt. And here I am in the evenings going back to tooling around on video games and stuff. And in the back of my mind for a few months, I'm like, man, I kind of miss packing. You know, I just miss the packing aspect of, you know, packing groceries. So I kind of got an inkling. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to poke around on the internet and see what it would take to get started selling on Amazon, you know, because I figure, well, maybe it doesn't take much. So I did my own research. I Googled and YouTubed and, you know, watched a bunch of beginner videos on how to start up and what I needed and the costs and, you know, got it all kind of outlined. And at the end of all my research, I found out that I could start my own business packing groceries or whatever I want to pack, you know, that I'm approved to, obviously, for myself and make the money that I want to make. And, you know, after all my research, it was about 500 to a thousand bucks all in for, I mean, everything from printer to packing tape to boxes, you know, I got the business LLC set up, got a business bank account and a lot of the things you do are very cheap or minimal in cost. The bigger expenses were just like the LLC was a couple hundred bucks. And, you know, those things were a little bit more expensive off the off the bat, but about 500, 800 bucks. And I was set up ready to go. And, uh, you know, just like anyone else, I didn't really know what to really do. You know, I, I looked up how to find my first product and, you know, I joined your guys's group and I found the group, uh, you know, I found the group kind of off a whim, you know, it was, uh, I was searching around on online and I think I was reading this article and someone mentioned in the article that they joined this free Facebook group and it's been a, a crazy good resource for them when they started. And so I joined that when I was in the investigator stage. And then when I actually started, I started posting in there, asking questions. You know, every time I did something cool, I'd post a screenshot of my revenue or whatever. And it's just been an amazing, amazing journey thus far. You know, it's kind of like I told you before we started recording here. I felt like it all happened like for a reason and it happened, you know, it, it fell in my lap like it was meant to be. You know, and I'm super excited at this point. I'm 
I'm ready to to do as much work that needs to be done over the next couple of years to to ideally move to doing Amazon for kind of my primary gig. Right now, it's obviously like a side gig, but slowly but surely, I'm like opening my eyes. Like, holy cow, there's no ceiling here. Like, you can right. you can scale and keep scaling, and there's nobody. I mean, some people might try and stop you. You know, you're gonna run into roadblocks, but yeah, that's basically from A to Z, you know, how I found out about Amazon, how I got to where I'm at. And now I've been selling for about, you know, three and a half months and I'm I'm loving every second of it. I'm waking up at like 5 a.m., getting on, you know, doing some accounting and I work eight hours, eight to 10 hours sometimes, Monday through Friday in my full-time job. So I'm, you know, up till 2 a.m. multiple days a week, but it's like, I don't need coffee. I don't need it because it's just pure. Like I'm so amped to be in this business and I'm so excited about like the opportunity that we all have because I don't think there's anything else out there like it, like at all. So, but yeah, that's, uh, that's my story. That's how I got to where I'm at here. That's awesome. I love it. Well, you mentioned offline that you've tried other businesses and you just kind of alluded to it a little bit there. Uh, so before we dive into the rest of your Amazon story, what you're selling, how you're finding it, that kind of thing, how your business is going. I'd yeah. like to hear a little bit more about your business past. What are the businesses have you tried? Because you just contrasted yeah. this to some other experiences you've had. Yeah. And not old enough to have decades of experience in anything really, but I right. mean, it sounds like you've tried a few things. So, you know, what else yeah. have you been involved with? So pretty much a lot, a lot of random stuff that I think everyone's dabbled in. You know, I've, when I was younger, I got pitched all the MLMs, you know, all the Amways and, you know, these random MLM companies. And I knew all of those are kind of a facade and, you know, not uh, not a, a true business. But, you know, other things I've dabbled in is, you know, stocks and stock options, cryptocurrency, foreign exchange. Like I've done a lot of investing in things. And that's why I think Amazon resonated real well with me is because, you know, when you buy a stock or you buy a, a cryptocurrency or you buy, you know, something that has value that you're hoping to go up or maybe you're hoping to go down, depending on how you're playing the deal, but you don't have much control over it. You know, you can right. only do so much research about a company or mm-hmm. about a certain cryptocurrency project or whatever it might be. Whereas with Amazon, it's like they give you literally all the data you need. I mean, everyone who's selling it, how much they've sold, how much they've stocked, you know, like all the data in the the buy box price. They give you, you know, all everything you could ask for to make a good educated guess on whether or not to buy that ASIN. That and to me, that was like game changing. Yeah. It, it gives it's like black and white to me whether it meets my criteria or it doesn't. Whereas like with stocks or cryptocurrency, there's a lot of gray area there. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of higher power that can make things move drastically without you, without your research or anything playing a part, you know? And that's why, uh, that's why Amazon's resonated so well with me. I've, I've dabbled in all these different other investment opportunities. You know, right now I'm, I'm running my, my real estate business full time and, I love that business and I plan on, you know, continuing down that path. But ideally in the future, I want to have kind of, kind of like you preach, multiple streams of income that you're making kind of online. And and that's my whole 
goal is to have multiple lines, whether it be through real estate, through Amazon, maybe still dabble in stocks and, you know, kind of spread myself wide and wide and thin across multiple different opportunities. That's kind of my end goal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've dabbled in all sorts of stuff. I've been in the restaurant industry when I was younger and that was, uh, Right when right when I got done through that, I'm like, yeah, I, I ain't going back to that. I want to work with my my brain now, moving yeah. forward. So, but yeah, just a, a little contrast. bit of everything. Yeah, I love the contrast between uh, buying stocks and and buying replans. I think people who have had, I kind of put people into two categories when they come into e-commerce and they come into our community. People who have tried to run other businesses in the past, yeah, and people who have haven't done anything with that. This is their first adventure, mm-hmm. and the people who have had businesses in their past, I'm always so excited for them to yeah. come in because they understand how difficult it is to turn a dollar into $2 in the real world. You know, they, I think a lot of people, times people have a misconception like, oh, running a business means making money. Like, this is that easy, right? No, like 95% <laughs> of all businesses fail in the first three years. Like yeah. it's very unusual to have something this stable, this, you called it black and white. You know, that, that margin of, of risk is so thin. It with, is. And with the, the replant system, you, you can, really, once you you're off. educated, no, it's, it's just, we're making the same point though, right? It's like, yeah, this is so much better than literally. And I've tried probably 25 other businesses in my life. Right. There's nothing like this out there. Yeah. There just isn't. Yeah. It's insane. And the kind of like you alluded to the, the lessons you learn, mm-hmm. you're not losing. At, well, I guess if you really make a bad mistake, you might lose thousands in this business. That's, but that, I mean, follow our system. you got, you got to be doing bad practice, right? Yes. You know, like I've heard of people getting caught up doing bad practices, like drop shipping and, you know, yes. the no, no's of the game. And like, if you're doing those things and testing those waters, then you might yeah. get bit, you know, but if you're, if you're, you know, treading water and treading lightly and making sure you're doing everything above board, you know, you might get a smack on the wrist. You might bat, buy a bad batch and lose. You know, the biggest lesson I've learned was actually, it was just uh, just a few days ago, I, I put in, you know, I spent quite a bit of money on like pre-Black Friday sales and things like that, hence the boxes in the background. Yeah. And so I, I found this ASIN, I found the product on the actual brand's website, and I placed the order. I always kind of like to go back on what I bought in a couple of days later, make sure it's still kind of doing good and, you know, kind of audit what I bought that way. If for some reason I made a mistake, I can maybe catch it and get it reversed and sent back or whatever. So I uh, placed an order from a brand's website. Pretty hefty order. It was like 500, 600 bucks, you know, 20, 30 units. And it's in the mail right now on the way here. And I looked at the ASIN doing my audit work on my on my buy sheet. And uh, I go to look at the listing and then I'm looking at the product and I'm like, kind of like, wait, what? And I do a double take and I'm like, dang, I didn't catch that. So it was this flashlight and what I thought it was like the full size flashlight, but it was the mini flashlight that looked like the exact same thing, you know, the same size batteries, you know, the same pouch that came with it. And so, you know, I caught it before it even got to me and I'm working with the company and sounds like they might charge a 20% restocking fee, but you know, what I'm getting at here is the lessons you learn aren't like game changing. Right. They're just, you know, they might set you back a tiny little baby step and you learn a lot from that. Like now moving forward, I'm not only double checking my products, I'm going to be triple, quadruple checking 
making yeah. sure that everything lines up right so that I'm so you you would never want to sell a mini on a full size thing and then right. have mad customers. You know, I'm all about I want to make money in this business, right? But at the end of the day, I want to provide value and good value to Amazon and the consumers buying on Amazon. And so I don't, you know, whether I can buy that flashlight and heck, maybe I could sell 10 and not get complaints and make money, but you know, the odds of that happening are slim and you're probably going to get returns and complaints and yeah, it's not worth um, the risk. Yeah. You, yeah, you want to no, sell the right product. Amazon, you know, there's a few things that you they'll let slide and just yeah. about anything you can recover from, you know, with thousands of students having taken our courses and content over the last 14 years for Amazon mm -hmm. training. Yeah. I, we still have less than a handful, less than five permanent suspensions that I'm aware of. We've had a lot of people temporarily face yeah. some kind of consequence, however, that makes them uncomfortable, but permanent, not very often, but if you're, if you're intentionally selling the wrong product against the listing, you know, that's, that was one of the permanent bans that we saw actually. It's like, well, you know, it's close enough. I mean, they just sold a ton of it. And then Amazon came back like, Hey, you've been selling the wrong product quite a bit here. And they shut them down. Um, yeah. Yeah. You want to be super cautious about that, but you're right. Uh, you know, for those who've listened to our podcast quite a bit would already know this lesson, but we encourage that inch deep mile wide approach. Yep. When you're new, especially meaning you never have more than a handful. I mean, you even said 20 or 30 units. I'm like, that's very rare that my first order for anything is more than say three to five units just yeah. to get it out there, just to test and see if it's really as good as I thought and see if it, you know, if it changes before I get the inventory, okay, we'll take a dollar or two hit a piece and we'll get rid of that stuff and check that ASIN again later. Right. But yeah, we test super thin and uh, across multiple ASINs. And that is such a great way to run a business. And if we're talking about oh, buying yeah. stocks, for example, like if you knew that you could exit any of these stocks back and get your money back, it's never going to go super negative on you because you've done your, there's yeah. no chance. That's not even a feasible possibility. Exactly. The worst case is approximately break even. Your best case is 20, 30, 50, 80, 100% ROI, turning mm -hmm. your money over rapidly. Right. We had a guy, right. a real estate guy on our show not too long ago, Elijah. He's like, I've done real estate my whole life, decades of experience. I've never seen the ROI that you can get in that in real estate that I can get here. Right. Yeah. It's just a matter of finding enough product that once you know how, it really is everywhere. So he, he even he was contrasting the two and like he had a lot more fun flipping his money fast here than he does even in real estate right now. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, mean, I was just I, looking I at my that. house this morning. My house dropped. The value dropped in the last 60 days ridiculously. I'm like, what is going on after yeah. rocketing up and now it's just dropping? I'm like, people think there's stability in real estate. I mean, that's up and down. That's spikes and valleys too. Yeah. Yep. You can certainly lose lots of money in real estate too. Thankfully, I'm not, I don't invest in real estate and I'm not, well, not yet. And I'm not a real estate agent. So the basis of my real estate biz is we, we pretty much, provide services to real estate agents. Mm -hmm. So me and my team, we work with a couple hundred agents here in Minnesota, Wisconsin, some in Florida, and we're just starting out in Ohio. So we do everything from writing their documents, you know, their offers, their representation okay. contracts. We gotcha. facilitate all the signatures. We're corresponding with lenders and title companies. We're the man behind the desk who yeah. is typing the contracts, doing yeah. everything electronic. Like the inside sales team for real estate. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. That exactly. Makes sense. They're I the boots them. on the ground. We yeah. make it so they can just prospect. So their mm -hmm. their job is meeting new clients, showing homes, unless they have a showing agent, you know, yeah. meeting sellers and 
you know, but if they if they out with the buyer, they find a good home that the buyer wants to put an offer on, they don't have to run home and get to their computer or rush to a caribou and get out their laptop. They just pick up the phone, dial our hotline and say, hey, Elijah, can you uh, write up this offer? And we go through all the terms and, you know, so they can be in the car and it really maximizes their day. So that instead of closing maybe 30 transactions, they're able to up it to 40, 50, 55, you know, so we really bring that value so that they have time back in their day to refocus. That's awesome. So I love the the area in real estate I'm in and I never want to stray away from that, but I would like to be less in the business, more on the business. And then also, you know, heavily focused in Amazon because I'm pretty pumped about what's going on over here too. Yeah. Well, the Amazon thing is so flexible. It can fit in, like we say all the time on the show, it fits into the cracks of your schedule. It sounds like you're managing that beautifully so well with only three and a half months in, but let's talk about some of your products and how it's going for you, man. Talk me through, how are you sourcing? What strategy are you using? Talk to me about the numbers to the degree that you're- Perfect. So- Sourcing wise, I do a little bit of everything. Um, One thing that I'm trying to focus more heavily on right now is keep a product finder. I haven't, uh, you know, I've I've ran quite a few dozens of searches, but I want to really dive deep into the intricacies of the of the keep a product finder. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm using like five of the hundreds of functions that it has, and so I really want to kind of learn more about that tool. But outside of that, a lot of, uh, I don't do a ton of storefront stocking. I did at first to figure out, cause I had no, I came from a background with no reselling. So I, I've never bought and sold anything for a profit up until July 27th was when I made like my first sale. So I didn't know, I didn't know what did good. You know, I, I would hear things from other sellers, you know, what they're kind of selling. And you you hear a name brand stuff that sells good and is low BSR. But, you know, here I am, a guy who does, I'm very frugal when it comes to money. So, you know, like I don't buy clothes for myself. I don't go to stores and hit sales and, you know, load up carts and find all the good deals. I, I kind of am a penny pincher. I save my money. And so it's a little bit difficult for me getting started, but storefront stocking helped me figure out like what is working for other people. That way I could go and try and find my own types of products in the same realm. So right now I sell anything from, you know, personal care, beauty, uh, clothing, grocery, you know, I kind of tried it all and I want to keep trying new things. I'd like to get into some hazmat stuff eventually. I'm slowly FBMing my way to being able to do the FBA hazmat. And, you know, I want to kind of try everything because just like trying Amazon, I'd rather try it and say, eh, well, that's not for me, you know, than not try it and find out that I lost out on a killer opportunity in a certain avenue within Amazon. So I'm kind of trying stuff still to this day. I set these mini goals for myself throughout my my Amazon journey. And I try and do it in life too, but with Amazon, I've really stuck to it and it's made a huge difference. So things like, uh, you know, uh, about a month and a half ago, I never sold a shoe. And I it was mainly because I heard bad things about shoe refunds and, you know, people buying them, wearing them, sending them back. And I've heard all these bad things. So I strayed away from them, right? But then I figured, well, you know, 
let me give it a try because maybe someone else's experience is going to be different than mine. You know, so I bought a few pairs of shoes, a few different variation sizes and kind of tried a few out, um, did a couple FBM, couple FBA, and my margins were great. My cost of good was was high. So profit per unit was way up. And that's part of what I what I'm trying to do with my business is get my overall profit per unit up so that I can not have boxes like this in my one bedroom apartment. I'd like to eventually get a prep center and things like that. But for me right now, I want to make sure I have that 12, 13, 14, maybe even higher 15 plus dollar per unit profit. So I can easily say, hey, take your couple bucks, you know, and maybe even more when you're doing great work for me. I'd love to be able to kick back my prep center and treat them well. But I want to be able to do that with confidence and have that margin already there for me to kind of break off for them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of different products on my storefront. I'm I'm learning a lot of lessons while I try new things. But yeah, I a lot a lot of products, a lot of sourcing methods. One thing that's really helped me is just getting out there and uh, like with your community. You know, it's been an insane game changer for me off the get go. I had so many questions that to me were dumb questions and to your group and you and everyone that's a part of the group. I mean, you can ask just about any question outside of, hey, what's what are some ASINs? You know, that's not a question you ask in the group. You don't want to be one of those jokers. But even things to me that were dumb were like, hey, how do I know how many how much product to buy? you know, or, or just questions that I knew were beginner level questions. And I knew if I asked them in other groups or other, you know, platforms, I'd get some flack and some, Hey, you're, you're a noob and this, that, and the other thing. And, Mm -hmm. but your group is so inviting. It's so big. There's so many great people and that everyone's encouraging. I mean, like I've never posted in your group and gotten like a hateful, comment or even like a negative comment. I mean, everyone's so positive and I just love what you've built. And, you know, this podcast that I'm that I'm on with you right now, it was one of the first things that I kind of found in my Amazon journey to help me figure out the ins and outs and workings of the day-to-day Amazon business. You know, and and you're talking to people from me who are only in the business three and a half months to, you know, I've watched you talk with some sellers doing a couple million branded bundles, multiple years in the biz, crazy, like 70% ROI. And like, you know, you got everyone from top to bottom. And I really like that because, you know, there's something to learn. You know, there is a, there is a saying that, that you bring into play a lot of times, like right, right education at the right time. Yeah, just but I think time that, learning. Yeah. yeah, there's also a saying, but like for me, I like to get a little bit of the beginner seller, the high level seller who's been in it three years, because you're going to learn lessons from everyone. You know, I'm sure there'll be a a seller who's doing tons of tons of sales and been in the business multiple years that are going to learn a thing or two from a brand new seller or maybe a mid-level seller been in it maybe a year or so. But yeah, I've found very good value in your group, your community. I've tried to build my own close-knit little group of people because obviously your group is so large and and 
it's close knit. Don't get me wrong, but you're not going to have the com- like the the day to day jumping in voice chat, video right. chat camaraderie. Right. So I mm-hmm. think what's really important to do for all beginner sellers, especially, is to find your people. And it might o- it might only be one other guy or one other gal or maybe a couple. I'd recommend not having more than like eight people. I mean, a handful is mm-hmm. the perfect number, in my opinion, like five, yep. four or five people. I mean, I got a crew of of guys. Uh, one of them is actually local, which is super cool. He's, you know, 30 minutes away and him and I are going to get together and maybe do some retail arbitrage sometime and, you know, talk shop and whatnot. But it's uh, th- that's been one big piece to my business that I think without without your group, without building my close knit group and and all of that, I mean, I wouldn't even be close to where I'm at now. I would yeah. still be doing maybe a thousand bucks a week or whatever. But that's really catapulted me to be able to, you know, kind of fast track things because I'm learning lessons through other people all the time without even having to make the mistake for myself. You know, so I'll see posts in the group about, you know, someone saying they got a section three and talking about how they got it and things like that. And I'm like, okay, well, I definitely probably shouldn't do what they are talking about what they did. You know, they might have sold a, turned a six pack into a three pack and took out the wrapping and you're supposed to have it on or whatever it might be. But you learn a lot of mistakes through you know, through other people in these groups and in your close knit groups and things like that. So I think that's that's a game changer and it's been huge for me. So it's been one of the biggest factors that we've identified in who makes it and who doesn't is the people who intentionally pursue relationships do significantly better. And you know, it's a statistically significant difference. And it's one of the few. Yeah. Because it's not intelligence, it's not education. I don't even think it's necessarily just pure determination. No, that's the bigger factor. I think it's the intentional pursuit of relationships is a bigger factor than all of those yeah. because now you've got someone that you can bounce things off of. And I, I love and appreciate this fact that you said, you know, this, this 74,000 person Facebook group, it's awesome, but it's not intimate. And you need the, you know, one of my favorite sayings, you know, cause it, as a Christian, we talk about discipleship and bringing someone along. Discipleship requires proximity, accountability, yeah. relationship, Right. It's those same kind of things. Business, the same way. You want yeah. to be mentoring someone, which keeps you sharp, and you want to be yep. mentored by someone, which keeps exactly. you from running off the rails. Right. Yeah. If you're doing both of those, you give yourself the best chance at truly succeeding or whatever you're doing. And it, it's almost without fail, Elijah, when I see people and they'll come and they say, Well, Jim, I've I've kind of been quietly doing this for six or seven years. Thanks for the great yeah. content. It's changed my life, but it's starting to fall apart on me. And I, I really, I'm having a hard time either getting motivated, building good systems, staying profitable, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm getting into trouble here. The first question I like to ask is like, okay, who's your, who's your people? Right. Where's your network? Yep. Inevitably, almost without exception, I'll say, oh, I don't really have that. I never really did that. It's just, it's just kind of been me the whole time. You will hit that burnout phase of this business, of anything in life. I don't care if, you know, like you, you mentioned before you start recording, your wife is a runner, right? Or, yeah. or maybe you're a guy you're working out or some kind of hobby you have or a business you're trying to launch or any, anything significant you're trying to do. If you're trying to do it alone, you can do it alone for a while. Oh, yeah. That, then you'll hit that burnout phase and you look around. There's no one to your left or to your right. There's no one behind you if you fall. If you fall on your face, you're going to have to get yourself up. And you're like, none of us can sustain through that. It's just no. 
that's just, that's just, it's not Jim saying it. <laughs> it's in the Bible. It's how we're built. We're not made to be alone. Yeah. We need community. So when I see a young guy like you reaching out and intentionally forming a relationship early and building, uh, and some of the things that we've done, I just want to mention a couple of resources. Then I want to get back to your story because yeah, a couple of things popped in my head as you were talking. Yeah. One of them is, uh, you mentioned some of those advanced keep a strategies. There's a course inside the proven Amazon course. It's one of the modules, mm-hmm. advanced keep a strategies. Fantastic. If you haven't gone through that, you really need to. It talks about dozens. Uh, it's about a dozen ways to use Keepa successfully, including the the data finder inside of Keepa, which is just an amazing tool. We've right. actually got a two day workshop that we did a few months ago. Huge success. Small group of people. I think we had about twenty people there. We're going to do it again in the near future. ProvenAmazonCourse.com slash 100, 100. That's a live event where we just pound for two days on the Keepa tool and just teach you That's with awesome. a lot of intent focused exactly how to get in there, find what you need, and just get these amazing lists of test-worthy ASINs that you can pop yeah. through and, and try to find a source for. So that's that's one resource. Um, the other one is I know you you would very much benefit from being at the Proven Conference in May. Do you have plans to attend yet? Do you know if that's something you'd be able to do? I don't have plans to attend. Where is the conference located? It's in Orlando this Orlando. year, May okay. 23rd through 25th. There'll be about, last year we had about 650, 700 people there from the community listeners to our podcast. Yep. And love to have you there. Yeah. I'm going to actually peek at my schedule right now. I know. No, in, in real time. Well, we were, we were actually more. just, uh, we were uh, trying to plan a vacation with my family in May, but my wife and I have too much time off in May already. I think we have two or three weeks taken off. We we travel and vacation and do all sorts of things when we can. So I don't know if I'll be able to make it. Do you guys do an online version as well? We like an online yeah. recording? Okay. Yeah, there'll be, uh, well, we record the whole thing and there's a virtual experience as well. But as, as a thank you for okay. being a guest on the show, if you guys can attend, the general admission tickets are on me. So just shoot me a text. You've got my number now. And then let me know if you guys can make it. Uh, hey, uh, I, my wife loves traveling. So she yeah. might just be like, hey, we'll, we'll pop down. There. It's a fun resort, <laughs> man. But you'd benefit greatly. But because we're talking about how do you build relationships? And that may be yeah. a question people are asking, like, how'd you find these people? So I just want to make sure that you know, Elijah, and the listeners know today, there's a handful of things you can do to intentionally form these relationships. One of them is just to get into our big Facebook group and do a yeah. search for some of the big cities near you. And just yep. see where they've popped up in conversation. One of the threads that we have is people saying, hey, here's the big cities near me. If anyone lives near these big cities, reach out. I'd like to form community and relationships. And you know, maybe there's already established groups in your area with 74,000 people. Right. There's there's probably a few people that live near you in our community. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. doing e-commerce, right? Or even yeah. the thing I've been encouraging lately is even if they're not in e-commerce, if they're just a small business owner, there's small business associations. And because it's a very similar journey, it doesn't matter what the business is. Business is about turning a dollar into $2 and making sure your customers are happy along the way, right? right? That's that's what business is for everyone. And there's similar challenges in all business models. You know, oh, yeah. You know, with personnel and team and leadership and hard decisions and putting your money at risk. How deep should I go? I don't know. So that outside vantage point sometimes is very valuable. Um, oh, yeah. To, to bring in. So, yeah, you need you need a community. You need other people around you. And um well, that's, that's yeah, so I just wanted to be sure I mentioned some of those resources for you. And yeah. another one that's a great, another way to build a great relationship is our coaching program where you get yeah. assigned a one-on-one mentor that's going to walk with you on this journey. And it's someone who's built a beautiful business using the strategies we teach here. Right. That relationship alone, just setting the content that you're going to learn aside, just having a relationship with someone 
that's a little further down the path than you are and has had success and has seen all the challenges you're about to encounter and overcome all of them, that's invaluable. So oh, that's yeah. what the coaching program is all about. So there's just a few options for people to to form some relationships. At our at our event as well, we have we put people into mastermind groups. If they're VIP right. attendees, you get formed a mastermind group. And that group actually meets at the event. Then on an ongoing basis, they continue to meet as well. And those have been very successful. Oh, that's super cool. That's really cool. That's how intentional we are about relationship. But we're not just yeah. about to give you the content you need when you need it. We focus a lot on uh, relationship. I love like at the, our last event, Elijah, I had a group of people come up to me and they were talking. And I'm like, so do you guys know each other? Like, oh yeah, we've been meeting together as a group every Thursday for four <laughs> years. I'm like, what? Like, I know you and I know you and I've seen your name and I don't know three or four of the rest of you, but you guys meet all yeah, every week. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's so I cool. love seeing those kind of organic groups yeah. that have formed, right? And those friendships and people traveling together. It's just phenomenal. Yeah. Great to yeah. You, you need you need a group of people. And yes, you, you know, it doesn't mean you have to go out and spend thousands of dollars to join some exclusive no. group that'll turn you into a million dollar seller within six months. Like no. just organically find people that you relate to too. Cause mm-hmm. you know, not every person's gonna like another person and certain people are gonna jive, certain people aren't. You know, and so it might take a few times of trying to chat with someone or jump on a call or do something and, and you might not, it might not work out, you know, but you got to keep trying and you got to build a team of people around you because it's the biggest, the biggest value addition to this business outside of, you know, hard work, dedication, consistency, all of that, you know, without any of that, your business, you know, if you join a group and you don't have any of those other things, obviously you're not going to go anywhere. So it's kind of this perfect concoction. But what I think of the networking and the just building a team of people and close individuals you can bounce ideas off of, you know, even things like Sharon Ace and, hey, look at this Keepa chart. How does this look to you based on last year at this time? And, you know, point out things you see. They might say, hey, did you know that that's a two-pack listing? And it's, you know, like, so they catch things for you. And, eyeballs, yep. Yeah, it's, it's so valuable in this business. And I look at it kind of like back to the concoction. I, I look at it as like the secret ingredient that if you don't have it, it's not even going to come close to if you do have it. You know, when you have that secret, that secret sauce, you know, it's going to turn that dish into something amazing, you know. And for me, that secret sauce has been a very, very key component to getting me where I'm at now. And it's going to continue being a key component to get me where I want to be in the future, you know, because I got I got goals in this business and, uh, you know, they're they're not going to happen without a group of people and other people to to help, you know, teach me lessons and answer questions. And, you know, it's just not going to happen without that. So. Very good. Yeah, I love the plan you you put together that I love the trajectory and uh, certainly the team that you're taking with you, the of the companions on the journey, that's going to play pay big dividends for you. But I want to hear a little yeah. bit about your business. What's let's talk about some of the numbers. I want to talk about specifically yeah. how you're finding your inventory. Like, what's your process for making decisions? So give us give us the numbers and give me some procedures if you don't mind. I want to pick apart your business. So basically, let me because I don't know my my numbers are changing ever quickly. So let me pull up. I I use a uh, seller board to track a lot of my sure. a lot of my numbers. So 
I started out and, you know, like any other business, you have a lot of expenses up front, right? So when I started in July, you know, I had only sold for the last couple of days of July and I maybe done did a couple hundred bucks of sales, you know, and I started the LLC and stuff. So my first month, you know, I lost $416, it looks like, or no, 472 after all expenses and everything. But then the next month, you know, I started figuring it out in August. I did just under 10,000 in revenue in my first full month in August. And I profited 10 bucks over what I lost the previous month. So after my first pretty much 40 days, well, 35 days doing it, you know, my first five days, I was net negative three, 400. But then I did my first full month and I was net positive. So I was actually profiting at that point. Right. Went on to September, I made about a thousand bucks profit, did about almost 11,000, about 11,000 in revenue. October uh, was a little bit better, almost 19,000 in revenue and uh, gross, well, net profit of 2,800. And uh, so this month, I am excited to say I'm already at a solid uh, about fifteen thousand in revenue, and my net profit is around twenty three hundred. So each month, month over month, my my ROI and my margin has just gotten better and better. And each yeah. month, I've also taken the necessary precautions to focus on better product. Right. So, yes. like my first month in August. So one thing that I felt like was kind of a mistake that I did at the start is I found a, a website. And it was a retailer that there's one like 15 minutes from me. And so I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I can source their catalog. I can find profitable stuff. I can order it for in-store pickup, maybe, you know, send some to FBA the same day. So I went to this website, manually sourced for like eight hours my first night. I found quite a few products, maybe 10, 20 products. And I was pretty excited because all the ROI on them are like 20, 30%. And to me, all these other endeavors I've tried making 20, 30% in a month or whatever is kind of unheard of. And so, you know, I bought them all up and one of the ASINs I went very deep in and I didn't, uh, you know, cause it was on sale and I wasn't sure how long it'd be on sale. And, you know, so the first month I was learning a lot of lessons and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't go back and do it differently, even if I could to make more money. I think those lessons I learned were really valuable because I didn't make them again, you know, and moving forward, I changed the way I sourced to find products from manual sourcing to, because manual sourcing, I just, I didn't look any at, at any storefronts. I just straight up found products that I thought were good. I've searched them on Amazon. If they were worth double or close to double or more, you know, I pulled the trigger and just kind of gave them a test. Pardon the interruption. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I've got to tell you about the sponsor that we have today, Humminbird, H-U-M-N-B-I-R-D, humminbird.com. There's a link in the show notes. They provide services for all your trademarks, corporate setup, branding, marketing, and tax advising as well. As we enter that time of the year where taxes are on the mind of especially those of us here in the United States, how do you most efficiently handle the challenges of making sure you get all of your deductions, taking care of all your tax concerns, making sure you do it right without paying too much as an e-commerce seller, as an Amazon business building warrior? They've got some incredible services that you should go check out. 
at humminbird.com. That's spelled H-U-M-N-B-I-R-D.com. Let's get back to the program. You know, and moving forward, I changed the way I source to find products from manual sourcing to because manual sourcing, I just I didn't look any at, at any storefronts. I just straight up found products that I thought were good. I've searched them on Amazon. If they were worth double or close to double or more, you know, I pulled the trigger and just kind of gave them a test. And I wasn't really researching all the Keepa data and the BSR and the different sales data and the offer count. Like I'm looking at all those things now because those those pieces of information are very, very crucial when you figure out if you're going to buy that ASIN to test it or not. Because you can essentially disqualify a testworthy ASIN without even buying it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that I didn't have all those tools at my disposal at the first month. So each month I've gotten better. You know, I have lofty goals. I want to keep my margin around, you know, ideally around 15 to 20%. And ROI, I'd like to target like a 30 to 40% ROI. And that's kind of like my minimum at this point. And different different times of the year, like uh, you know, the next couple of weeks are pretty big in this business. So my and and big meaning you can find a lot more opportunity with a lot more upside. And so with different times of year, I've been tweaking, you know, my criteria for a qualified buy, you know. So instead of going for 30, 40% ROI with a 15, 20 margin, the next couple of weeks I'll probably be turning that dial up a little bit, you know. But yeah, I mean, I'm really, really happy with my numbers. If you would have told me, you know, three months ago that I would have made 2,300 bucks in the first two weeks in November, I would have said, right, no, there's no yeah. way in heck that's going to happen that yeah. quick. There's yeah. no way. But we're only halfway through the month. I mean, your trajectory yeah. is $10,000 your first full month, almost 20 your second full. You're on pace to do 30,000 in your third full month. And, and uh, with about $5,000 net profit to show for it. Yeah, That's a this, pretty rapid ascent into this business, man. I'm trying to, uh, you know, I want to I wanna take this thing by the horns because it's, you know, an opportunity like this, you can't just, uh, you can't just let it sit and it's not going to, things aren't going to happen on its own. Mm-hmm. You know, you are your own business owner. You're your own. When you're starting, you're everything. You're the owner. You're the operator. You're the prepper. You're the packer. You're the. You're doing all the accounting. You're doing, you know, taxes. I just got my tax forms today. I got to look into those. So you're playing all the hats. You know, it's there's a lot of things that you have to do, and remaining consistent has been a real big thing for me, and a lot of that just comes from knowing the opportunity at hand like i don't want to i don't want let to let this opportunity pass without taking full advantage of what's here cuz i hope everyone listening knows this this amazon business the opportunity we have here it's unlike anything else in business i've i haven't seen anything like it i haven't i'm, either. I'm I mean, super 22 excited years. 22 years and and i see and hear about a lot of different business opportunities and and yeah, things I'm that sure. I can be involved with. And there's a lot yeah. of really great creative entrepreneurs in our community that are always pitching different ideas and things. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like this, especially if someone's never had success in business. There's yeah. nothing like this. But the success you have here and the relationships you build along the way do exactly. lead to multiple other opportunities. That's yep. part of the beauty of 
the Amazon replens model and that foundation you learn is you, you're going to get very soon. You're going to be exposed to uh, you know some of these brands, some of these distributors, some of these these folks that you're buying products from. That's going to lead to relationships and conversations and opportunities, branded bundles, unique. You know where you become an exclusive seller maybe for someone's product, help them launch their own product yeah. on Amazon. Get paid, launch yeah. your own product, your own brand. Right? So there's so many opportunities that that tack onto this, and the fact that the future of e-commerce and specifically Amazon, the, mm-hmm. all the trajectories are just they're going to be dominant yeah. for the projected future. They're already about half the transactions online every day in the United States. Which is insane. That's insane, oh right? I mean, you add up eBay, Walmart, all these other top 10 stores, and they add up to almost what Amazon is. It's crazy how big this is projected to get even bigger. And they're pouring all kinds yeah. of money into the opportunity. They need high character, high quality sellers to help them fill the shelves. That's the opportunity. Oh, yeah. And it's a very simple business. It's not easy because it's work to build a business. Right. But yeah, man, it's, it's simple hard. to explain. Uh, but there are some moving parts and the game's always changing slightly, but the the model that you're playing with right now, that is the introduction. And you're just another proof of hundreds of people we've interviewed, but like, Hey, if you put in some focused effort, you can do some significant stuff pretty quick. I know some people are yeah. going to want to know how much money have you put into this? You mentioned a few hundred dollars to start, you know, what pool of funds have you put into this? Cause you yeah. know, now you've got an asset sitting there that is all your unsold inventory, right? Yeah. And let's assume that also like for the worst possible price, you know, that's money coming back to you. So sometimes people forget about that. It's like, oh no, Jim, I put 30,000 into this and I've only gotten 12 back in the first two months. I'm like, well, how much, how much inventory? Storefront? Yeah. Oh, well, I got $28,000 of inventory sitting out there. If it sells for what I think it will. Okay. So you're doing great. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, so break it down for us a little bit. It's a great question. So when I started, I didn't. You know, I'm not someone to go out off on a whim and put a lot of money into something I don't know for sure is going to pan out. You know, I'm not uh, a full send type of individual, you know, with this business, I started out very slow. You know, I only put, like you said, a few hundred bucks. I bought some, you know, fairly cheap ASINs, but that was because I was looking for proof of concept. I wanted to make sure that as a new seller, I could get buy box. As a new seller, I could get those sales. I could make the money, you know, get get my inventory sold in the typical 30 to 60 day target time frame. And I wanted to make sure all these things ran rang true before I actually put, you know, more of my hard-earned money into the business. And so now that I have the proof of concept, I'm not, I'm not afraid to put very you know, any of my money I'll, I'll kind of put into the business. Cause I know, I know the product I'm buying, I've tested it. It's sold. I've profited, you know, I've already gotten the proof of concept there. And so to answer your question, a few hundred bucks to start, I think I, you know, started the business. It, I think I spent 500 or 800 bucks actually getting the business started. You have to, you know, get the packing paper and the, the tape and the printer nice. and all the, all the actual hands-on supplies. I mean, unless you're going prep center off the start, but I don't think very many people do that. I don't think they should. Yeah. No, me either. I think it's very important to unless learn they have the to. aspect of packing. International yeah. students have to. And, and right. actually, a guy yeah. like you, you know, I'd encourage you to, to investigate some local opportunities. Like, you yeah. know, I always say the sweet old lady across the street, which is actually the exact scenario a lot of people have used is, 
you know, the the widow across the street with an, a huge garage and a big house and nothing to do with, but, but nothing but time on her hands. Yeah. She would love to have that interaction. And now that, you know, what, I can't remember what couple was that they, uh, uh, I actually met him at our conference. It was a, a sweet lady who lived by herself across the street from a guy who was using her garage. The neighborhood kids were the, were the team. They'd come yeah. over after school and pack and prep, right? And they're happy to do it. She always had snacks. Mm-hmm. It just, it's just, it's just kind of became this community involved project right? that everybody was benefiting from and the relationships yeah. that sprung out of that, right? Like the memories these kids now have and like this empty, quiet house is now alive with activity, right? I just love yeah. the thought of what this business can do for a few neighbors, right? Yeah. So it doesn't have to I be some strangers even... in a prep center. That's cool. You mentioned that. I never even thought about doing something like that because I'm, I'm getting to the point uh, where you know, I do have to start thinking about other options. It's funny yeah. we're having this conversation because all these boxes behind me, I just got these right. from my my mailroom upstairs and I live in an apartment. Right. And the the management is wonderful. It's uh, family owned. And so it's not a, a big management that's going to be strict on all the rules. And they've been working with me thus far. Right. Um, but, you know, my FBM shipment that went out this Monday was a little absurd and it got <laughs> it got too much for the usps people and yeah. my they got a couple complaints from tenants in the building about mm-hmm. the stack of packages in the mailroom yeah um and so the then yeah. she she sent me an email you know i was finishing up my work day and getting ready for this podcast and i checked my phone and she sent me an email like yikes come get your packages you know, and I didn't realize that a lot of my orders were coming on the same day. I thought they were going to be a little bit more right stagnated. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so all of this showed up in our tiny, probably 10 by 14 mailroom. Right. And so it's getting to the point where I'm outgrowing, yes. you know, my pants, so to speak. I need yeah. to get a new pair. And I, I know it's got to happen for sure by the new year. I'm trying to kind of delay it until then because I really want to I want to kind of struggle through this first Q4 alone and really work in the trenches, learn the different FBM ins and outs um and, and just do it myself this first Q4 and grind it out. But now's and the time my, to spread the word. I would just encourage yeah, your local yeah, network no, friends is definitely some extra space, you know, they wouldn't mind yeah. a little extra money. Um, yep. you'll find people that yeah, they rented way too much warehouse space. Yeah, you can have a 20 by 10 section of it. We'll put up a little <laughs> fence for you, man. It's yours. Send a couple of kids to do the work, man. A couple of buddies, whatever. Yeah. Flies all stay there. You get your apartment back, right? So it's a it's a coincidence you say that. One of my one of my close-knit buddies in my group that we, you know, we pretty much jump in every day or every other day and talk Amazon and shoot ideas back and forth. He has a friend who's younger. I mean, uh probably 22 and he is in some he did a private label and succeeded and now he's doing just amazon on his own and um the buddy in my discord said that his friend you know who's doing all this just bought a warehouse with thousand square feet and is only using half of it so you know i already have like some workings going with maybe some some of that or i've uh i've debated on asking the the people i helped out initially doing groceries you know, they have, they have a pretty decent sized warehouse and, you know, I could always ask them and I'm definitely going to kind of put feelers out and figure that out. Um, and I think that's important with everything in this business is to start 
taking steps for your progression early on. Yes. Like don't, if you're, if you're planning on, let's say you're planning on hiring a VA or you're planning on going to prep center or you're planning on doing these things to automate your business and push it forward. Don't just say like, Hey, I'm going to have a prep center by January 1st and then do nothing until then to like actually make it happen. Right. You know, you got to put plays in motion and then take small steps, you know, to make it happen by that certain time frame, you want it done. And I and think that's important with anything in this business. I it's just I'd like to, to put set in your it up. Head. There, there's a book. I think I think the title of it is "Who." I think, man, I wish I I wish I could bring it to mind more clearly than I am now. But basically, the premise of the book is the solution to every challenge you're going to face in business, especially this is true, is a person. So when you say start the process early start putting out feelers, right? Like that, I did that here locally when we were thinking about maybe needing more space. Just called a couple of business owner friends and they're like, hey, yeah. who in the area might know who has some space? Well, it took them two or three days to get back to me. And then the guy they've put me in touch with took him a couple of days. And then a week later, he's sending me some ideas. And right, this stuff takes time to develop. And you thank mm -hmm. everybody involved. And hey, appreciate it. If you ever need anything from me, let me know. And But right. now you're getting options. And you're, you're kind of stacking this project is kind of getting, you know, this room of this decision is kind of filling up with different elements like, oh, okay, this is bad. This is good. Oh, Jim mentioned something on a podcast. I might want to consider using a local neighbor instead of jumping right to a prep center than another state. Right? right. So you just kind of start filling up the room with these options and letting your subconscious almost just kind of process it over yeah. a few weeks or a few months. And now you've got this collection of good ideas mixed in with, you know, contacts and people that you can call Right. And what I really like to do at that point is just bounce it off of somebody who's more experienced than I am. Okay, here's all the moving parts. What do you think? And that's that's where the value of a coach or a mentor really comes in. Right. It's not if you go to your coach and like, hey, what should I do? I I need to know today. I'm just investigating this. Like you haven't really done your homework yet. You don't know all the moving parts and factors. You don't have momentum in that direction yet. Mm -hmm. You could just be bouncing around from random thing to random thing. But if right. you kind of fill that room with those little different elements of that decision over time and revisit it from time to time. This is why journaling is so important or, yeah. you know, I have my decision board over here and it's this complex system of like magnets with notes pinned on top of each other. So each project may have five, five or six notes pinned to it. You know, when I, <laughs> it comes time for that one, I got it all right there and it's yeah. visually right there kind of in my face. I like that. Uh, but whatever system works for you, but, but make these decisions slowly and kind of accumulate yeah. information knowing that, the right person is probably the key that you're missing if you don't have clarity yet. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd love to actually tell a story because I think it'll serve you well and maybe someone else too that I haven't told oh, it. Definitely. It's been, I'd love it's to hear it. Four or five. Uh, no, it's probably been closer to six, eight months since I heard from this gentleman. But uh, this, this has been a guy in his early 30s making a pretty big career decision. He was either going to go direction okay. A or direction B, right? And, yeah. and significant opportunity in both directions. A mm -hmm. lot of moving parts, a lot of, uh, positives and negatives, pluses and minuses. He's just trying to process like, Jim, I, I just want to bounce it off of you and see if you add anything to this right. conversation that could possibly bring me clarity. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, so I was having this conversation with him a couple years ago and I heard from him about eight months ago after he'd made the decision. But the, the, okay. the piece I added to the thought process was this, after I heard him kind of go through some of the, you know, the money and the equipment and the moving his family and all these different elements. I said, which one of them 
takes you further into relationships that you really feel like, in this case, you know, as a Christian, that God's calling you to. Like, who are the people that you'll be working with in scenario A? And who are the people and how proven and time-tested and reliable are these mentors to you? Are these relationships that it would hurt to lose if you went one direction instead of the other? Have you thought about it from that angle? And as soon as I said that, I said, man, that, that, make, that completely makes the decision for me. Thanks. And we ended the call. I heard from him about a year later, which is about eight months ago. And yeah. he said, thank you so much. I mean, that was so clearly, obviously the right way to go. And it's worked out brilliantly for me. Yeah. He's so glad he didn't go the other direction because it was kind of untested relationships and hadn't really built up the uh, camaraderie with that direction yet. You know, because it's kind of like find your people, find your purpose was the lesson. So yeah. Who is it you want to go with? Okay, let's stick with those people and pursue opportunities with them nearby. Uh, right. And I love that this community has become that, not only for myself, but for, I would venture to say thousands of people have benefited from those kinds of relationships. So as you're processing these decisions, yes, run it past your trusted team of advisors, but also you know, include those people that you want to do life and business with in on the decision, work with them, partner with them. You know, this company you were working for, that sounds like a great idea. It's like, hey, do you guys have an extra, you know, 100 square foot, 10 by 10 cage? You could stick me in, in the corner somewhere and I'll help you guys pay rent. Sure, come on in. Now they're helping you with your business. You loan them supplies when they run out. They loan you supplies. There's this synergy yeah. effect, right? Now you're doing a big deal together because you're there on site. Right. So I love seeing those kind of organic relationships develop. Uh, yeah. It's, it's about the people though, man. It really is. Business was invented for people, not the other way around. Friendships 100%. are not some kind of fun little bonus. No. Business. They're the whole purpose behind it's a, it. It's a very, very key component. Yeah. It, it's, and it, it's, it's the purpose, like you said. Mm -hmm. um, in the Hebrew language, the word for transaction is the beginning of a mutually beneficial lifelong relationship. That's what a transaction is. That's the definition of it. <laughs> yeah. Starting point of a mutually beneficial lifelong relationship. How cool is that? That's awesome. I actually didn't know that. That's a really cool how how Hebrew means that. That's insane. I didn't even know that. Oh, there's so it's many crazy. great lessons in there. You don't want to get me started, trust me. But I even them <laughs> through a lot of our conversations on this show. Yeah. Well, talk me through how you find your good inventory specifically. Like, are you, you mentioned you've used Keepa? Like, what are you looking for specifically? What gets you excited? Are you looking for a big price differential between what you can pay and what it's likely to sell for? Are you yeah. doing some experimenting with? selling higher so, than the buy box or what are you doing? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. So since only being in a couple, you know, a few months, I'm still kind of testing different things. You know, I have a repricer that kind of helps me out repricing. But as far as like finding the actual product itself, it's kind of an array of methods. You know, sometimes I'll just go on Google and search up, you know, sales on this, or I might just search up different cheap because it's either, it's kind of one of two things that I'm looking for, right? In my business, it's like, I'm either looking, like you said, for a really good price on something that I know I can sell for a lot higher to make a good amount of money on, but I'm not going to be able to go back and buy those again at that same price right. all year round, right? So there's those products, which have been highly, highly beneficial and sure. rewarding, but you can't go back and restock them. So they're not, it's not, uh, that isn't something you can count on to be in your business forever. So it's a nice little extra, you know, change in the pocket, but you can't really go back 
mm-hmm. until maybe the next year when that same sale is going on or whatever it might it, be. It's harder to build a system that way too, you know, where you're right. sales yeah. and discounts and closeouts. So, mm-hmm. so it's kind of, I have a couple different ways of looking for products and usually it's just like, okay, what am I, what do I want to look for here? Like, obviously for the next couple of weeks, it's a lot of you know, get the best price, best sale, you know, for the highest sell price and make the best margin, you know, and make out with a ton of money in Q4, you know, FBM into people buying for the holidays. That's kind of my method for the next like month and a half moving forward. But behind the scenes, I've been slowly trying to build up my book of replenishable products that I'm buying at retail price Right. from either in store or online and I can go back and buy that product again mm-hmm. and again and again and it it's a slow it's a slow process cuz you don't want to just look at the chart and say oh this is a replan and buy a full month or two of supply right you want to do the research and if you're thinking okay based on my research I'm thinking I sell 40 of these a month so I'm going to buy 5 and then we'll see how the velocity goes if I sell 5 you know, in the matter of three or four days, well, then my calculations are kind of pretty spot on. But if I sell the five in a three weeks, well, then I might buy another 10, maybe eight to 10 and restock it if, if it's worth my time and prepping it. And that's, that's a whole nother piece to it too. Cause you know, I bought product that is profitable and sometimes it's a hundred percent ROI. You know, I might buy a a glass jar for, you know, four bucks and sell on Amazon for 18. And I might make well over a hundred percent of my money, but you got to take into consideration the time it takes to get the product. You know, if you got to buy it in store, then you got to go and get it. And you might only be able to get so many, you know, so then you got to take into consideration the time and money you're spending to go get it, bring it back it's glass, you got a bubble wrap, you got to buy bubble wrap, and then you got to poly bag it out. So, so like, there's a lot of things that you have to consider outside of just like, oh, 100% ROI. That's awesome, but it still might not be worth your time. So that's a big thing that I've been focusing on lately is just focusing on those products that I don't mind packing, I don't mind prepping, they still reward me with a decent ROI um, because I've had I've had the products where, you know, uh, for example, this uh, this past holiday season with, uh, you know, this time of year in the fall, the pumpkin spice stuff is big and the season you know, stuff. Then it'll yeah. be Valentine's, then it'll be Easter, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I, uh, you know, me being the crafty seller I am, and I'm new in the game, I'm thinking, oh well, this season's coming around the corner. You know, sh- businesses haven't bought their pumpkin spice syrups and stuff to put in their coffee drinks. And so here I bought like 25 of these, uh, you know, and I tested five and then they did well. And then I bought 25. And after I did the 25 and I sold through them, I kind of went back and assessed the whole play that I did. And I made money, right? I made like almost 100% on my money. I bought each bottle for five or six bucks. I made five or six bucks a unit. But two of them, or I think, no, it was four of them broke because they were big glass bottles and bulky glass, not not like some, you know, plastic bottles, like thick glass, where if you dropped it, 
even from three feet with a few wraps of bubble wrap, it's probably going to not do so well. And so after assessing that, like, yeah, I made a hundred percent on my money. I spent, you know, 125 bucks, 150 bucks. And I made about that much back in my pocket, but I spent a couple hours packing the, packing the things and bubble wrapping. Um, you know, I lost four to, to being completely shattered when they were going to the customer. And so like looking back on it, to me, that wasn't worth my time because, right. you know, with all things considered, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe it was making at the end of all of it, you know, all my time and effort put in, let's say 40 bucks an hour. And that would be probably at best, you know, assessing, spending the time researching to get the product and waiting for it to be shipped, you know, all things considered, it really wasn't worth the investment, even though on paper, if you looked at my seller board and went to that product, you'd say, oh, you made a hundred over a hundred percent ROI on this deal. That's a great one. Why didn't you replen it? Yeah. Well, I think that's why. Seller, you're, as yeah. a new seller, you're really excited about just about anything. That yeah, right. Profit, and you're willing to work a little harder and, and take a little more risk and spend a little more time packaging and prepping. Exactly. As your catalog grows, though, these are just easy math decisions and you're constantly yeah. eliminating the bottom 20% of the ASINs of the biggest pain to prep and the thinnest margins. And you're focusing and doubling down on that top 20% of your catalog, making sure you keep all those in stock and try yep. to find more of those. Well, that middle, you know, 60% of your business kind of floats. It's profitable. It's fun. I'm not super emotionally tied to any of it though. Right. So it's, right. it's this constant game, you know, where we've got hundreds and hundreds of ASINs at any given time, adding several every day cutting off a few, some of them are dying for whatever reason. It's just yeah. this churn now. So if that ASIN was in my catalog, I might hang on to it. It's just a, it's just a numbers decision. It's a math decision. It's pure math, right? Yeah. If, if it's profitable, yeah, we're going to hang on to it, right? There's no reason not right. to. Um, yeah. It, but we're always eliminating the ones that are kind of slowing us down, you know? So that's just the churn. You don't get emotionally involved with anything. And, and no, right. it sounds like you're already well on your way. Like you've, I love how you kind of process things from a number vantage point. Like even very few sellers do this. And you've developed this instinct from somewhere, Elijah, where dollars per hour. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. Because if you can track it down to true dollars per hour, now we've got a true apples to apples comparison. We can compare product A to product B. Yeah. How much net profit after all expenses am I making for every hour I put into this product? And if you can exactly rank your products in that order and know which ones you should really be focused on. And quite often when you go through that exercise, you'll be surprised and which ones rank high. And you mentioned right. seller board earlier, silentgym.com slash numbers is our discount offer on seller board, a tool that we love. Oh, awesome. It really helps you dial in on knowing which ASINs are performing and which ones aren't. They really do a great job. Oh, uh, it's, it's breaking it black down. and white. It's mm -hmm. crazy. I, I didn't have seller board for my first pretty much almost two full months. It was like a month and a half, two months. Mm -hmm. And here I am. So I bought a lot of my initial product and, you know, I was super excited. Manual source, the one storefront, ended up buying a couple dozen different ASINs from the one storefront manual sourcing. And I'm thinking I got easy 30, 40% ROI across the board, like yeah. no problem. Yeah. Get seller board and put all my cost of goods, you know, refresh, go to the main page. And I'm like, what? You're I didn't surprised. know. I didn't know. Like, cause that was probably when sep about September timeframe and my ROI was only 18% that month. And I was thinking it was almost double. 
you know, mm-hmm. so seller board directly opened my eyes to those ASINs. Yeah. And if I wouldn't have gotten seller board, I wouldn't have taken out the bottom, you know, like you mentioned the, the 2080, I wouldn't have taken off my bottom 80 and I would have kept spending money on product only making me yeah. five, 10, Very 20% reals. ROI. Right. Yep. Whereas yep. I was able to weed those out and then refocus my time, money and efforts on finding new product that was actually going to be better ROI, more what I'm targeting, you know? So it's, it's very, if you're a new seller and you're in your first couple months of business and you don't have seller board and you're not tracking your numbers, you need to, because if you're not, you're going to spend the next two, three months buying product that hasn't even been making you money and you're not even going to know it. It's crazy. Yeah. You're going to go on instinct and the ones that are selling fast, you're going to think are your best ones. Yeah, and, and maybe they be, might be losing you money, and then if you're yeah. selling them fast, you're losing you money be, fast. Selling, you could be turning, you know, five dollar bills into one dollar bills, but doing it fast, thinking you're going somewhere, right? You and just you need to know your numbers. You Rule number one: your numbers. Yeah, got to know. The more you know, the better you can parse them down. The better, especially if you're going to do this model. Uh, yeah, because you can't be getting super excited, emotionally attached to the stuff that's losing you money or breaking even as you're spinning your wheels. Definitely. Uh, well, hey man, this this has been a great episode. I have a feeling we could keep going, but I've actually got something I got to get onto with my. Oh yeah, we can. But, we but can there's wrap anything up. on your list that you wanted to be sure to hit. We got a little opportunity um, to spend so a couple more moments. I just had one. Well, I have a few questions written down, but I had one I really wanted to ask you because obviously yeah, we've it. gotten we've gotten the time to kind of learn more about me, my business, where I'm at, how long I've been doing it, that sort of thing. And I know you even touched on it a little bit before the whole, uh, you know, preach about right, right training, right, right uh, knowledge at the right time. And with with all things considered, what you know about me, my business, where I'm at, what what gen- not specific, not like oh, you need to go buy this that, but what general advice would you give me where I'm at to really put me on the right path to success in this industry? Yeah, I'd love to answer that question because uh, sometimes that's a harder question for me to ask and answer, and sometimes it's easier. Yeah, and it's easier when I've get some when I talk to someone who understands the value of relationships, they understand the value of mentors and surrounding themselves with the right people. And you're on a leadership track. I don't know if you've identified that yet or not, but you are. That's really what being a business owner is. It's a leadership journey. The ceiling is your leadership ability. And you're the kind of guy that's, that's humble enough and open enough to learn and willing to surround himself with people who challenge him and, and inspire and encourage him. I think that you would benefit tremendously from having a coach on our team that you can be mentored by that's Mm going to open up so many different opportunities for you beyond just this. And again, I said it briefly earlier on and our coaching program goes for it, it basically, the coaching is for anyone who has margin in their life. I call it relational, emotional, physical, energy-wise, health, right? monetary, you know, scheduling. They get, you got to have enough margin to go forward quickly and to take advantage of it. Yeah, then it's yeah. for you. You could be brand new. You'd be very experienced. But someone like you who understands and recognizes the importance of a relationship like that, it's going to pay such huge dividends because what we quite often see is not just the benefit of the, the knowledge you're going to obtain, but getting into that circle of people who are doing life and business with intention and focus, and they've got connections, 
you know, you're one phone call away from some people who can really just make some things happen at that point, right? Because you're in the inner core of our community. I think you're on a, a leadership journey where you could become a coach on our team, create content. I mean, you've, you've, you're an incredible success story. 10,000 month one, 20, the next on course to do 30 in your third month at hey, nice my, margin. My December is going to be great too. I have, oh. I have high hopes for December. You It'll be very well hit 50. Interesting. December, right. Oh, I'm, I'm, I would, uh, I would put money on the line that I will. I'm pretty, oh, pretty I, I'd love to hear from you when it happens and get a screenshot, man. Yeah. yeah so definitely. That, when I see a guy like that, you are just a couple little course corrections away from, you know, there's, there's some little mistakes that you might be able to avoid that would cost you tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars. Potentially. It's kind of like, a, yeah. you know, if, if, if you take an airplane and you go from New York to Paris and you make a tiny one degree course correction halfway, you end up like. 800 miles from your destination, yeah, right? Right. So like those little course corrections as you go, that's mm-hmm. part of the value of a mentor. I really think you need a good mentor, whether it's someone on our team or someone else that you may know who's done this big. I don't know what your relationship is with you know these guys that have the $10 million business, for example, but you need those people in your life to kind of help you with these little course corrections, keep you from going off the guardrails right. um, and help you go further faster. That yeah. would be my advice to you and build systems. Meaning you're always asking yourself, am I the only one that could be doing what I'm doing right now? I've got a system. There's, you know, a set procedure. Here's the KPIs for someone who's doing it well, hand it to someone of competence, monitor their performance, but then you step away. And so you're always building systems. Am I the only one that could be doing what I'm doing right now in my business? If not, put someone else in there. And you can, it's going to take a little of your margin away, but you're always willing to sacrifice a little margin to create automated systems. And that frees you up then to pursue intentionally more relationships, more business opportunities to tack on new income streams, right? right? So that'd be my general advice to you is those two things, build systems, get the right mentor in place quickly and uh, continue, continue pursuing those relationships, man, regardless of whether they're paid right. or just friends. Right. Yeah. That's, definitely. that's going to take you far, man. You, you're on a tremendous trajectory right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm, I'm super excited about everything and I can't wait to, you know, I'd love to jump back on maybe, maybe give it some time, let the business roll, maybe six, 12 months, I'll pop back on and we'll, Absolutely. we'll, we'll chat again and go through the, go through the business where it's at then. So yep. before we get off one other thing, I'm curious outside of, you know, the obvious of, of, I think everyone's answer, and this is typically the people, but what's your absolute favorite thing about Amazon and like the business? Yeah. You know, I'll answer that maybe slightly differently than you were expecting, but it's something that I've said quite frequently before. I think we live in one of the most amazing times in human history right now where business was done the same way for thousands of years. Yeah. And it still is. Business is still serving happy customers while turning a dollar into $2. That's not easy to do. That is really actually quite difficult. And his history shows us that. But Mm -hmm. what the internet did Amazon specifically kind of leading the charge, but there's a lot of other, you know, we're a multiple income stream community. I love eBay. I love Walmart. I sold 900 items on Walmart last month. Like I love these different opportunities we have ahead of us. But the way the internet changed the game was now, and we're enjoying the benefit of it just in this conversation, you can take little tiny risks and try new business ideas constantly. That was never possible. And, you know, it started kind of coming into clarity 
in the mid nineties to late nineties, like, wait a mm-hmm. second, I could launch a business newsletter by email and people yeah. could pay me. I'm selling digital bits <laughs> and I could test it tomorrow. Yeah. Right? Like that kind of bit, starting a business in the seventies and eighties and all through human history before that meant years and effort and energy and risk yeah. and a ton of money. And it was probably going to fail ultimately. Mm-hmm. You get one or two shots in your life. That's it. And exactly. you, just kind of, you just kind of, you know, settle into whatever role you were kind of meant to be because business didn't work out for you. Now yeah. it's like, we can all be entrepreneurs on our spare time, fitting into the cracks of our life, these little interesting experiments. And so the search became for me, which of these has the lowest risk, the lowest learning curve, the highest odds of success for someone who's willing to work, who comes in new and they're yeah. willing to work. And this new landscape of opportunity where the risks are low and you can try a bunch of different new things, which of them makes the most sense for uh, a, a virtuous person who's ready to work hard, who doesn't fall for all this shiny object garbage that's out there. Hey, push a button and make a million dollars and have a car like me. Like they're not falling <laughs> for that garbage. Like I, I have no time yeah. to talk people out of that stuff. It's yeah. like, yeah, go chase that for a while when you figure out it's all a scam and then come back when you're ready to work. Right. Yeah. Most of them do. Yeah, but of the legit opportunities I see out there, there's nothing like this. There just yep. isn't, which is why we teach it. If something else better comes along, we will teach that. But right. this is what we do. We love it. We see the success stories. We fill up, you know, convention hall rooms of people who are doing it and having fun with it. Yeah. Everyone from guys like you, three months in, to people who've been doing it 10, 12 years, and they built huge teams and you know, multiple seven figure businesses. It's just a thrill. So when you say, "What do I like about Amazon?" and it's 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 they've really tapped into this e-commerce opportunity. And it, right. it, I don't know that they did it on purpose, but with this whole FBA thing, yeah. they've just eliminated the risk. Like a guy in a small one-bedroom apartment can build a seven-figure business now. Yeah, that's that crazy. Taking little risks every step of the way. At no point are yeah. you writing a big check for $30,000 and hoping it works out someday. Right? That's the way business was always done. It's not how, It doesn't have to be that way anymore. Right. That's what I love about it. The risk yeah. threshold has lowered. Uh, your ability to scale as big as you want is there. Um, so yeah. I, I just think it's one of the best times in human history to be alive, to be honest. With right. You. No, I, I love that answer. The opportunity that we all have, you know, because I'm pretty sure everyone listening to the the podcast right now is probably either an Amazon seller right now or they're thinking about being one. And I just want to say the opportunity that you have in front of you is unlike anything else out there. So yeah, I agree. if you, if you want to try it, I would highly, highly suggest doing so. Cause yeah, I was, I was hesitant for a while. I, yeah. I debated for, you know, a couple months at least on doing, you know, starting it. And one day I woke up, I'm like, you know what? 500, 800 bucks. If it goes down the toilet, then, you know, so what I've wasted more money than that on other stuff. So mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, even if it doesn't work out that, that, uh, account that you've now opened is worth a lot of money. Actually, yeah. people sell their accounts. Like oh, I'm going to move on and do something else. That Amazon account that you've set up can be sold as a bus- part of a business and to another third party. We've seen a bunch of these done within Amazon's policy, totally legal. Uh, right. the website's silentgym.com slash sell my account. Oh, it's worth cool. money. So even that's if you awesome. just kind of shut it down and move on and do something else. Hey, you get your money back for having set it up at some point, just because it's been around for a few months, a couple of years, it's ungated mm-hmm. in several categories. It's got that, you know, respect from Amazon at that point. Uh, pretty cool stuff, man. So yeah, there's really, yeah. there's zero downside to this, this model. 
No, very, very minimal. You learn, you learn lessons, you lose maybe dollars, maybe tens, maybe hundreds, but you got to be doing something really wrong if you're losing thousands, that's for sure. Oh, you do, you're taking unnecessary risks and we yeah, you right. correct that if that's the case. Well, hey, Elijah, so, I got to go, man. I got plans yeah. up against me at this point and uh, you've been very generous with your time as well. I know your wife's probably home at this point, so go hang out with her <laughs> and say hey and thank her for loaning you to us for some time here. But let me yeah. speak to the listeners for just a moment. Uh, thank you for joining Elijah and I on the episode today. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. I think we could have gone another hour. This guy is awesome. <laughs> Hopefully I'll see you and your wife uh, in Orlando. I'd love to, to meet you guys in person if that works out. Okay, my friend. Yeah, that would be awesome. And thank you for your time, Jim. I know you're a busy guy and you got a lot of things going on. So I appreciate you this taking the, the time. This is the best part of my job, man. It really yeah. is. It's a th- and I learn something every time. I feel inspired <laughs> and encouraged to see you know, new people coming in. They're building beautiful businesses. That means we're teaching something that works and I want to continue doing that. But hey, God oh, bless yeah. you, Elijah. To the listeners who hung out with us today, hang in there, business building warrior. We are in your corner. We are fighting for you and with you. Let us know how we can help you continue to build your business. We'll have another great episode for you again very soon. We'll talk to you then. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Before I let you go, one last reminder, Humminbird.com, today's sponsor for all your trademarks, corporate setup, branding, marketing needs, and yes, tax services as an Amazon e-commerce seller. Book a schedule appointment with them today to take care of all those paperwork things that you don't want to have to mess with. They're really good at it. They'll take good care of you. Tell them I sent you, humminbird.com, H-U-M-N-B-I-R-D.com. Thanks for being a sponsor of this program. Hey, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.